This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. Uh, I am your host, Blake Buffalo. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back for our championship week picks here as we are getting ready for the AFC and NFC title games. And uh, obviously for me, uh, the person who's based in Nashville, uh, quite a quite a scene for all the Titans fans getting excited uh, about to pull off uh, you know three straight here Dylan uh, knocking off uh, Tom Brady Lamar Jackson Patrick Mahomes um, it's just it's all going according to plan but we'll see based on our picks uh, if we think it's going to go that way uh, otherwise Dylan you know not too much happening with the uh, star receivers uh, current and former I guess in the NFL right now <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I mean, yeah, in terms of beyond the games, all the Antonio Brown stuff's been kind of crazy. Yeah, I know you're talking about some of the former receivers, too, in terms of uh, all the Hall of Fame stuff this past week. I I know one of our big articles was about Drew Pearson and his. (laughs) He's got a little upset about not getting into the Hall of Fame. I can understand when you look back at the stats and adjust them for the era. Definitely could see why that was the case. But yeah, not, it's kind of, this kind of happens every year when we get to the last few weeks of the regular or uh, postseason where a lot of teams are kind of off. And then, you know, it'll it'll pick back up a little bit after the Super Bowl in terms of everything leading up to the draft and free agency. But for now, yeah, a little, uh, a little bit uh, relatively quiet. It's kind of nice. We can kind of, hone in on just a couple games whereas usually there's just so many games we're trying to keep up with yeah well let's jump into a couple of the news items before we we go into these picks obviously we don't have as many games to discuss uh at this point so we'll talk a little bit about the news and um let's do this let's let's start off with the positive of the news uh luke keekley uh, i think surprised everyone uh in terms of deciding to retire at the age of 28 and Mm -hmm. You know, we, we talked about this a lot, and, I mean, over the years, it's been a hot topic where certainly, you know, this was one of the main things we talked about earlier in the season because of Andrew Luck retiring and all that. And, you know, I would say that for the most part, probably 99.5% of people uh, understand the reasoning behind mm-hmm. some, of these, some of these decisions now. You're always going to have – you know your hardcore fans that are just gonna just rail on these guys and you know tell them to you know get tougher or something I, you know how it is that's how yeah. it works sometimes but for the most part as we we document you know more and more about you know what comes along with playing 
football at any age, really. And, you know, to see guys like this making decisions, I don't think it's a surprise. Um, you know, people are pointing out, look on the flip side, a guy like Larry Fitzgerald who decides mm-hmm. he's going to come back, you know, for his 17th season or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, there, there are opposite sides of this. And for some guys, you know, making the decision at that age makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, as I always say, it's their choice. And I don't care if they play for my favorite team. It's their body. It's their head. um, You know, it's their mind. Uh, This is the choices they have to make. And there's no doubt you could tell by – by his you know video and all that it was mm-hmm. not an easy one but i do think this is probably a trend we're honestly going to see more and more of yeah absolutely overall the general conversation on this topic has improved so much just from a few years ago i feel like you're talking about that uh, small percentage of people that are kind of ripping him or something like that that has really gone down compared to what it used to be people used to really question the toughness of these guys and you know the more we educate ourselves and really look into the underlying factors i think overall as a as a football fan base um, we've really improved with how we look at this kind of stuff but yeah for uh, i saw some good points also though compared to this is a little bit different you see a lot of these guys that we're talking about that have retired under the age of 30 a lot of them are pretty big stars that have made relatively a, a quite a bit of money it's not really a trend maybe that necessarily is going to happen for those kind of middle middle players that are making you know not you know a great money not going to try to try to say that but maybe not life changing completely like you're secure for life money really when you look at all the, the money that they actually take in from after taxes agent fees all that kind of stuff so I do understand it to a bit, and yeah, overall, it's. I know the Larry Fitzgerald's one thing. Keekly, it's it's partial. Uh, yes, Larry Fitzgerald is not afraid to go over the middle and make plays, but Keekly was in car accidents constantly, and he, I mean, for a game that has gotten faster and faster, and you're supposed to be less violent, the dude was so fast and never held back, and I mean, that's part of why he was so great, but it's also why he had you know so many concussions. The one I really think of, I think it was 2016, where he was in tears coming off the field. He kind of was. You could tell he's like didn't really know if he, where he was or what was going on, and that one concussion is one of many that he had over the course of his career. And you know, when that happens, you it's a little different than you know even even the surgeries on legs or shoulders or all sorts of things. Your head is just such a different animal that uh, you <laughs> you get to that point. And for a competitor like him, I know it, it's got to be so tough because he did not, as you could tell, was, he struggled immensely with this decision as a lot of these guys do um, at this point. But yeah, I mean. Uh, regardless of the length of time I think it's a pretty clear uh, Hall of Fame career that he had and yeah for the Panthers hopefully I'm sure he'll stick around maybe in some sort of capacity whether it's not uh, you know even if it's not coaching or anything really but just being around the organization I don't think he'll be far from the Panthers he's such a big part of what they've become and you know that whole era with Cam Newton and uh, Ron Rivera I mean he's right there as the face of it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you look at all the stuff that he achieved, you know, seven-time Pro Bowler. Uh, we remember back, he was the Rookie of the Year in 2012, Defensive Player of the Year the following year, uh, 2013. And you just kind of see all the things he was able to achieve. Certainly had a great career at Boston College. And, and yeah, I mean, someone that, you know, was kind of the, the foundation of, of that team on the defensive side and uh, we know Christian McCaffrey is that guy on offense but no doubt it was uh, certainly a surprise and uh, one that did not a lot of people expected but like you said I think someone who's probably still going to play a hand 
in that franchise and also you know probably someone who's going to be talked to a lot in terms of as we see more of this stuff you know as you study more things on the game in terms of the impacts and all that you know there are going to be a lot of those questions asked of him you know his decision why he ultimately made it and he talked a bit about that but we know there are going to be sort of those longer form interviews uh, that people are going to have with him where he probably goes into more of his decision and why you know ultimately maybe he thought this was the best choice to do it now Mm -hmm. and all that so uh, all right, we said we were going to move from the, the positive to the negative, so let's just take this show down a notch now um, with, uh, which, I, you know, like in a sense, that's negative because we don't get to see him play, but uh, this is, I guess, the, the real negatives. Let's start uh, with our friend Antonio Brown, um, who all season long the common theme was, is Antonio Brown going to play in the NFL again this season? That discussion went into – is Antonio Brown going to play in the NFL ever again? And I think probably Dylan now at this point, man, I know this is a league that has given a lot of second opportunities, <laughs> a lot of second chances, but I just am at a point now, I don't know who touches this guy. Um, of course, the latest development, we saw uh, the video come out earlier in the week um, where he's just going off on Hollywood police and pretty much just saying every – every word in the English language that is, uh, I guess, considered derogatory uh, during that rant. And since then, we've seen Drew Rosenhaus, his agent. Uh, he is severed ties with him, reportedly, until Antonio Brown decides to get help. Um, I think there was also some other things about his attorney, uh, maybe in, in a certain case or something, uh, withdrawing or, or something like that. I don't know the specifics on that. But, um, yeah, not, not great for Antonio Brown and not great for someone who it's so interesting you know let's think back of the discussion we were having you know this summer and you know the the stuff we we knew eventually he wasn't going to be with the Steelers he goes to the Raiders um you know really we we thought the biggest problem for him with the Raiders was the foot thing and it's like okay well this is this is going to be like the the thing we're talking about all season long is Antonio Brown's foot well it just it intensified so much since then, and of course we know what happened with the deal with the Patriots, um, all the stuff that came after that that led to his release from there, and now to have this, uh, I'm telling you, I'm someone right now. If you had to ask me, I I just I mean, look, people can get help, people can change, and certainly you know if he decides to go that route, you have to give him the opportunity to do that, uh, and then you you know you kind of decide how things go from there, but. Right now, my goodness, he is he is in a spot where he is not going to be playing in the NFL anytime soon. Yeah, no, it was only a few weeks ago when it seemed like there was some positive movement in terms of him having that workout that uh, with the Saints that he now you know has said was kind of a publicity stunt, and he, he was relatively. I mean, not. I mean, if you're on social media enough, he wasn't quiet, but relatively out of the, yeah. <laughs> out of the uh, regular big news cycle amongst uh, the sports world, and then suddenly, yeah, this video comes out, and then you have the, all the Rosenhaus stuff today. I mean, yeah, like we said, he terminates his relationship pending him getting counseling. I, I given what we've seen for maybe the last uh, year in particular, I'm not sure he's really going <laughs> to want to yeah. go back to Drew Rosenhaus. He's a guy that seems to kind of hold vendettas against. people people but yeah and until he gets help i don't really know uh, like yeah obviously we know what the talents there we saw one game this year with tom brady and uh definitely made a difference for the patriots in that one and overall um i still think i mean he's not 
he's still in his early 30s still in good physical condition by all accounts so it's uh, it's kind of crazy though i mean like there's a difference between a, a locker room distraction right and like the the typical issues we talk about with some guys in terms of the impact they have on a locker room what's going on with ab has gone beyond that into a, a point where <laughs> i don't really know what you do yeah. and like you said until yeah if he takes actually takes steps to get help and you know he's gonna have to probably demonstrate it uh for quite some time because if he really wants to continue his nfl career too i mean at a certain point as this all this stuff kind of drags on you have to wonder if he's just going to move on with his life it's not like this is a guy that hasn't made a significant amount of money in his career as well so it's uh if he really wanted to move on with his life he could but at this point it's yeah it's just it's hard to (laughs) i don't even really know how to process it in terms of what i mean you don't want to tell someone what to do with their life but it's like man you gotta maybe talk to somebody even if it's just a f- some friends that are a little bit different than uh whoever you've talked to so far because so far it's, it's probably been some yes men that are really not <laughs> helping you out too much well we go from one star receiver having issues uh with law enforcement to another star or star <laughs> receiver having <laughs> issues with uh law enforcement now we will say this and uh, anyone who's seen both stories understands these are on two two completely different levels, uh, probably in terms of intensity. However, um, Odell Beckham Jr., of course, um, very excited after LSU won the national championship game on Monday night. Um, first, it was the cash slash fake cash slash real cash um, <laughs> cash of some sort uh, being handed out, and uh, LSU had to address that. Uh, I guess, whatever, a couple of days ago now. Uh, Now, as if that wasn't enough, so that in and of itself becomes an issue and a distraction for him. Uh, Now he has an arrest warrant issued for him uh, for slapping a security guard on the buttocks uh, is uh, in all the videos. That just, to me, gets me because that's the caption, like, on all the videos. Um, And what a a story, what a headline there because uh, that is not something we expected. So the story is that uh, New Orleans police uh, did issue a warrant for him. Uh, It's a simple battery charge uh, for slapping, as I said, a security guard uh, on the butt uh, after the game in the locker room. So everyone's excited. uh, Everyone's having fun and apparently uh, a little too much fun in terms of uh, (laughs) doing that. Um, Of course, the video's out there. You can see the video. uh, It's all over the place of how exactly this whole thing went down. Uh, The Browns released a statement. Everyone's released statements. Um, This is, I I just, I don't even know what to say. Like, this is unlike anything. Of all the things out of LSU winning a national championship, and and we could be sitting here, which we're going to talk about him in just a minute, which Joe Burrow was kind of a part of this, uh, when he said that the cash was real that was handed out. Uh, He said that uh, on, uh, I think it was on Pardon My Take, he was mentioning all that. Um, So instead of us talking about Joe Burrow, the lead-in is now Odell Beckham Jr., cash, arrest. Um, It's just just incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty funny. I think this worked out quite well for Julian Edelman in terms of his whole (laughs) thing. It's kind of swept under the rug at this point um, on a national scale, at least. You still have Tom Brady poking uh, jokes at him about his arrest in Beverly Hills, not far from our office here at Clutch Points. But yeah, uh, with Odell, I mean, I I never for a second thought it was fake money. It's like, this is Odell Beckham Jr. That's real money. Like, what are are we talking about? He didn't go in there with Monopoly money. Who do you you think this guy is? That's not He has enough money to 
hand out real money. Like he doesn't yes. need to go get fake money. Yeah. And some of my favorite tweets also about this were about, you know, all the, the bonuses the coaches are getting for these games. And then the players, there's a huge, like, hoopla about these players getting, who you know, really not <laughs> a crazy amount of cash probably at the end of the day. It's yeah. just such a funny thing to me. But I, I still, obviously, Odell knows that uh, how the NCAA works. And I'm not sure if there was much of a thought process. And <laughs> it's become no. such a big hoopla, as you're saying. And at this point, I, I don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I guess for uh, credit to Joe Burrow, I know he didn't really do Odell any favors, but just by <laughs> by being straight up and honest about it, like, yeah, it's real money. At least they can kind of move forward maybe at this point and try to just resolve this as uh, easily as possible. In terms of the simple battery charge, I mean, that – I know that the, uh, allegedly that there was police that were in the or uh, security guards and police that were in the locker room trying to get the players to stop smoking the cigars and trying no. to kind of uh, you know just handle the whole situation and then Odell was kind of trying to tell him to chill out and then that happens and I <laughs> I get like uh, <laughs> there's certain things where uh, police officers feel uh, like they need to you know have a you know make do something take some sort of action i don't know if this was necessarily that time it's not really like you've you know that the, it was in uh yeah. it wasn't like he really meant to do anything to you and it just seems kind of unnecessary in my opinion but you know everyone i mean, I, I guess just lesson learned do not unless someone is consenting <laughs> to having your hand on their butt uh probably keep it to yourself <laughs> yeah i've got a lot of uh a lot of college intramural teammates that are going to be getting a call here because uh after we won the championship i think in college on the on the basketball court <laughs> may have happened uh, a couple times but no it's like you said it's something that's just i don't know it's um it's yeah which you can read all the comments i'm sure on all the tweets and facebook and everything and you can see how everyone sort of feels about this whole situation um it's certainly unique i think to say the least uh however i'm going to issue another argument here because it segues into joe burrow um i think you know as good as joe burrow was on the field this year had the best you know season of any player in the history of college football um i think he's playing the long game here and if we thought this guy was good on the field i think he knows exactly what he's doing because odell beckham jr plays for the browns uh joe burrow is now pretty much by all reports is heading to the Bengals. i mean this guy he's a genius like he knows what he's doing he's calling out the fake cash he is reheating the Bengals and browns rivalry um i don't i mean what else can you say i think this is just a genius move on his part because um he knew what he was doing here and i think we're going to find out that that he's like the he's the belichick of quarterbacks right here yeah, it sounds like uh, you have a new idea for an editorial at Clutch Points with that one. I mean, that's that's some he's playing 3D check, uh, chess right there. Yes. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff you want. I know. Yeah, Joe Burrow had the the whole comment that came up of him uh, not uh, loving Skyline Chili, and people in Cincinnati were making some hoopla about that as well. But yeah, no, overall, I think he he knows likely where he's going to go at this point. I don't think it's much of a surprise unless some team. Um, we had an article kind of going over, you know, some number one picks that have been traded in the past. But there's, I think, there's a different. This is a different animal we're talking about with what Burrow did at LSU this year and all the things that he's able to do, not just in terms of you know performance in college, but how it's probably going to translate to the NFL. Uh, I would really be surprised if he doesn't end up in Cincinnati. And yeah, it looks like he's already making plays for the Bengals. Uh, you know, probably third or fourth best play of the season there by uh, calling out Odell. <laughs> yeah, no, he. Uh, I'm telling you, he's uh, he's ready. He's ready to lead the Bengals 
back to uh, the you know they're going to be there, and this is going to be a battle. Um, they're going to they're going to beat the Browns next season. For third place in the AFC. <laughs> yes, <in> the North. <laughs> uh, they're going to be fighting uh, for that spot to stay out of the bottom. Uh, so they'll beat they'll beat the Browns next season, and and they'll go shake hands and Burrow have a have a nice five dollar bill uh, in his hand when he shakes. So Pay I'm telling back. you, this guy uh, he is he's playing the chess, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how this all shakes out, but uh, yeah, quite a quite an interesting storyline here uh, involving uh, current and former uh, LSU players, I guess. So, uh, all right, that transitions us into uh, the picks, and uh, as we've said, neither of us have been particularly great uh, with our playoff picks. Of course, uh, we didn't make our official predictions on uh, the divisional round uh, because uh, we we had to take that week off uh, travel and such, but. Um, needless to say, we probably would have did okay there. So if anything, we should mm-hmm. just go back and add that in. Um, we should just record an episode <laughs> now and just go back. That way we at least have uh, some positives. Because for me, Dylan, at this point, officially, I have still not got a playoff prediction correct. And uh, we're going to try to change that here uh, with this week. And we will do that by starting with the Titans at the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are seven-point favorites in this game here, and um, obviously the the matchup we were not expecting. We thought the Chiefs could get there. Uh, we did not think the Titans could get there, but here we are. A rematch uh, of these two teams. The Titans have won the previous meeting, of course, and we remember back, as I mentioned on, on our previous episode, Titans got a big playoff win there a couple of years ago, and, uh, you know, this is... This is an interesting game because I keep saying it and Titans fans are going to be happy here in just a minute when I tell you who I'm picking because, uh, as we know, this has been a theme all year long on this podcast. The Titans have been a team that just struggled with consistency early on, but they have figured it out, and they've done it without needing Ryan Tannehill to do a whole lot. Um, This game could be a little different. I think because I don't think the Titans are going to win a game like this with Ryan Tannehill throwing 19 passes. Um, he's going to have to throw quite a few more probably for, for them to have a chance to win here. How the Chiefs you know, handle Derrick Henry, to me, that's what this game comes down to because mm-hmm. ultimately – I know you know the Titans' defense has certainly been solid. We've seen what they they've done against the Patriots and the Ravens. You can't ignore that. But there's just something about this Chiefs' offense there that I, I, I don't have that full confidence that they're going to be able to do the same things they did against you know Lamar Jackson as they will against this Chiefs uh, group here. And so. Here you go, Titans fans. Get your Super Bowl hats ready. Um, bring it back out. Uh, you're probably in good shape because I'm going to take the Chiefs here. Uh, I just think that given how how that masterful comeback came together for the Chiefs last week, I don't expect them to score all you know 50-something points here, but they've just got so much momentum after that, and I just feel like they have enough weapons from top to bottom to be able to to outduel the Titans in a game like this, uh, knowing mm-hmm. what's on the line, knowing that they're at home, um, so I'll take the Chiefs here. Yeah, I would love for the Titans' story to continue, like as we were talking about before the podcast. Like they go through the Patriots, they go through the Ravens, and now that possibly the Chiefs, it would be uh, just quite the incredible rise. I know, you know we've been on, on terms of believing in them since Tannehill took over. We've you know we've been kind of on that on that train but nonetheless yeah at this point here against the Chiefs it's a different I mean it's a really different opponent than the Ravens yes 
the Ravens had such a potent offense that broke records that never thought would be broken in terms of rushing yards in a season. Not something you really think about in 2019 as a record that teams are going to be going for. But the Ravens really all year did not play from behind. And when they did, those were the two losses in the regular season. And then this, uh, obviously, they were not able to kind of come back against Tennessee. And Tennessee, as we, as we know, and we talked about it before, their defense against the run has been pretty stout this year. But uh, their secondary and their pass defense has not been great. So it, it matchup-wise, the Chiefs uh, are not – I don't. I think it's a, a tougher matchup in terms of who how it really fits them on that side of the ball. But the other side, yeah, I mean, this is the formula to beat the Chiefs in the past. And I know it's, it's changed a little bit, but uh, their run defense still isn't fantastic. And we, as we've seen in the – you know, last year when the Patriots won in this same round, if the, if the Titans are able to control the clock, get a lead, and Tannehill's able to make enough throws and keep it close, they got a shot. And I mean, they played in the regular season, and Tannehill stepped up and made some huge throws. Uh, he, I mean, not not like these two games where he had under 100 yards the last couple of playoff wins. Tannehill was uh, dropping dimes left and right deep down the field against Kansas City. And if we get any a game like that, that'll be just tremendous fun. But overall, I do think the Titans can win. I thought about picking them. But uh, it's just there's a feeling about Mahomes right now and what the Chiefs are doing, and uh, I just I couldn't get myself to pick against them in this case. So yeah, Kansas City at the end of the day, I, I do think they're going to be able to exploit Tennessee's secondary. Um, I don't think t- Tennessee is going to have a plus three uh, turnover differential again. I don't think they're going to stop two fourth and in inches again like they did against the Ravens. There's just so many things that took a game that ended up looking not close at all and really flipped it quickly and as we saw last week I mean the Chiefs they're not a team that's going to be able to you're going to get way ahead of and be able to keep them out of it they're going to keep striking they can hit you so quick and at the end of the day I think their defense being able to do enough if they can just you know no one's really been able to stop Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry could just you know shatter everything and all of the Chiefs fans dreams by you know just having another 180 plus yard game and it's possible but I, uh, you know, I just think at the end of the day, the Chiefs are going to find a way to get back to the Super Bowl four. I believe the first time since they won Super Bowl four. So that's pretty insane to think about. It's been a it's been a long fifty years for Chiefs fans, but uh, I think they're going to be in the big game this time. Well, and I said this, and I'm, I'm looking back at the stats from the regular season game, and you know, I said a minute ago, I just don't think the, t- the Titans can't win this game with Ryan Tannehill throwing 19 passes. Well, yep. he threw 19 passes in the first game. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't even realize that he was 13 of 19, 181 yards, two touchdowns in that game. So maybe they can beat the Chiefs uh, with him throwing 19 passes. Of course, Derrick Henry had 188 yards, two touchdowns in that game. But what you said, I think that stands out the most to me. You know, this was Patrick Mahomes' first game back from that injury, and he, he was 36 of 50, 446 yards, three touchdowns, and it was the big plays, like we said, with that Titans secondary. They gave up a lot of big plays, and the, the big one to McCall Hartman, who had one catch for 63 yards and had that touchdown. Uh, you know, Tyree Kill had 157 yards. Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. had 75 yards. All three of those guys had touchdowns, uh, even to Marcus Robinson. I think he had four catches for 50-something yards. So, it's one of those things where I just think that the Chiefs have so many guys they can turn to, and they have so many guys that can like completely change the game, you know, so quickly. And yes, the Titans have—I mean, they have Derrick Henry; he can do that. 
But it's like, other than that, I mean, realistically, like, A.J. Brown's probably the only other guy you're looking at and saying, okay, I can see A.J. Brown, you know, catching a ball and going 75 yards, and, like, he probably going to mm-hmm. do that in this game. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, aside from that, it's just – so I think you have to lean on the weapons and knowing that the Chiefs just have so many different guys that can do this. And it's just – that's why it's so hard to pick against them in a game like this. Um, and I don't know. I still, like you said, though, I still think this is going to be a really good game. I don't think it's going to be a case of the Chiefs coming out and, and you know, winning 41-3 to or anything like that. I, I think this is going to be a pretty good game. But ah, it's just with the Chiefs having those weapons, it's just really hard to pick against them. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the one thing uh, when I'm trying to think about Tennessee matching up against Kansas City, they are a team that does not blitz that well, and blitzing has been not the best way to defend Mahomes. He usually identifies it and exploits a matchup. Uh, so Tennessee is going to have to get as complex as possible and really at the end of the day just limit uh, the Chiefs, not let them have constant big hitters. Even if they're uh, you know giving up points, I think they can still cut down on the number of possessions in the game if Henry can go off. Uh, yeah, looking back at that game, he had 188 yards when the Titans played the Chiefs earlier this year. He's pretty much at this point for the Titans formula. Yes, I think Tannehill will have to throw more to possibly keep up if the Chiefs are putting up some more points than what Tennessee's given up so far in the playoffs. And I, I think it's reasonable to expect that to regress in terms of their defense holding teams under 15 points two straight weeks. But I, I do think Derrick Henry at the end of the day if the Titans are going to win this game he's going to have to just continue his dominant uh you know rise and uh I I mean it's possible like I said I could <laughs> I can see it I'm not uh even if we didn't preview the Ravens game but I would have picked the Ravens in that one but at the, I still would have probably talked a lot about how I could see the Titans just they have this formula that's getting it done they're a team that um I've been impressed with their ability to kind of adapt not just with Tannehill's uh coming back but even in the game with Tannehill um, out there they've just they take on a different identity it feels like each week and um, like we've said when you don't expect things from the Titans is when they <laughs> usually deliver so sure enough that I again won't be shocked if they find a way to win this game well and, you know once you get this far there are really no surprises I mean these are these two teams are here for a reason in the specific you know side of the equation and um, so they've gotten here by beating good teams and so yeah not not really a surprise I wouldn't be shocked if the Titans win this game uh, but we will both take the Chiefs and uh, we'll see what happens that'll keep my Super Bowl pick alive um, you know my Saints pick isn't there but uh, I would at least hope that the Chiefs still be there so give us something to lean on uh, with all of our bad picks this season all right the Packers at the 49ers that is the NFC title game and uh, yeah not really I don't think it's much of a surprise probably to see these two teams there um, based on you know how well We've seen them play, and uh, we've talked about maybe you know how a lot of people have felt about the Packers. Not sure that their record necessarily uh, you know is equal to just how good they are. Well, I mean they're here, and they're one win away from the Super Bowl, so it doesn't really matter what you think about comparing them in terms of their record and overall strength. Uh, they are now a win away from the Super Bowl, but it will not be easy uh, because the Niners, uh, as we said, and Dylan, you got on the bandwagon earlier than I did this season with them. Uh, they just continue, you know, to to play really well, and I think. The problem I have, though, is this, and I don't know. There's two two things. One is just there's just something that I am sensing with this Packers team that you know people are doubting them. They they've said the things like we've mentioned. Um, you know, could they be the weakest? You know, whatever number two, say all this other stuff. 
And I look at it as though I, I just I know how bad they played in this matchup last time, but we've seen this a lot over the years. And that a team, you know, I mean, both these games are rematches. And so we, we've we seen, you know, in that second game how different things can be. And I think this could be a case of this being a completely different game than it was the first time. Um, and with Aaron Rodgers, at quarterback, uh, just kind of sensing something with the Packers here. 49ers fans, not going to be a surprise to you because, again, I was someone who picked against you earlier in the year when everyone was already starting to get on the bandwagon. I am going to take the Packers, and I could be wrong, but I think I took the Packers the first time these two teams played in the same spot. Um, that did not turn out well this time. I'm going to hope that it does. Uh, either way, I think we're going to get – it's going to be a good Super Bowl matchup, I think, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, I think people would, you know, just the casual fan would rather see the Chiefs there than the Titans because you'd have Patrick Mahomes, you'd have that offense – um, but Derrick Henry would probably have something to say about that. Uh, but in this one, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's just the fact that I know how good this Niners defense has been. I know how good they were in mm-hmm. this first game between the two teams. But I also feel as though there is. There's just something with this Packers team that has not completely wowed us this year, but they found a way to win these close games. I think this is a mm-hmm. close game. I will take a chance, and I will take the Packers again in this one. <laughs> yeah, I know in my midseason, uh, when I did my picks, I picked the Packers to make the Super Bowl. So I'm kind of going against that. I'm just going to start out by saying I'm <laughs> picking the 49ers. I've, yeah, as you said, uh, maybe a little earlier, not, uh, you, you jumped on the bandwagon eventually, but there was a point, um, I, I, you know, just a few weeks into the season after the, especially the Rams game, where I was like, this defense is next level. And, the, yep. the one thing I, I fear for the Packers' sake and going into this, I mean, the defense for the Niners at this point is so healthy and it's right like at the perfect time. And we saw what they did in that last game and how they played earlier in the year. And uh, if the Packers are going to win, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to play at a level similar to last week, even higher, going back to some of his uh, more uh, the games we think about from a few years back when he was on top of his game, uh, you know, doing the kinds of things now we, we say. We've never seen this before from Mahomes, but really we kind of have with what Rodgers used to do. Um, he still has the capability to lead that offense, and I think Aaron Jones, again, also is going to have to have a huge game. The Niners defense, if they have any weakness, it's been their rush defense. It's still been pretty good, and last week completely dominated Dalvin Cook. I do think the Packers offensive line is a much bigger challenge they are not perfect but they're much better than minnesota's offensive line so in terms of that i I do think green bay has a shot to not just have one touchdown drive like they did on that sunday night game earlier in the year but on the flip side i worry really you know green bay's defense they they were solid at certain points the past defense has been solid but they were 23rd in rush defense dvoa we know what the niners do on the ground we know what they're able to do with their run blocking and george kittle uh, not asking for the ball asking for what guy who wants to hit on on a block i mean this is a team that really um prides itself on its ability to establish the run as much as uh it's not really establishing the run you saw yeah what they what they're able to do in terms of mixing it up and then once they get a lead they're able to kind of hold the ball away from you so if the packers yeah again they're gonna have to find ways to force turnovers we have seen from jimmy g he just seems to have this blind spot for linebackers there's a whole article (laughs) i forget the author now about this whole season where i mean you can really disguise things well in terms of guys dropping back into windows where he thinks you know the initial read someone's going to be open and then next thing you know there's just someone there and he just doesn't see them despite them you know and you know we're watching it looks like he's right in front of his face but it's not how guys process it (laughs) 
the Packers are going to probably have to win the turnover battle. They're going to have to be able to run the ball, and they're going to have to not be able to fall behind early. And I just think there's too many things in my mind when I think about this game that have to go right. I, yep. I, and I do, I do think the Packers will keep it closer. I just, I just can't get myself to get over what the <laughs> Niners have done. I'd love to see a Rodgers Mahomes Super Bowl, but at the same time, I'd also love to see Kyle Shanahan versus uh, Andy Reid. So either way, from this side, I mean, yes, you, as you said, the casual fan would love the Chiefs to be in. I do think Derrick Henry himself makes the Titans more than worth the price of admission. But yeah, I think either one of these winners will be an exciting opponent. I just, I just can't get over the Niners being at this point. I feel like healthy at the right time. It worked out for them in terms of these. Uh, uh, you know, not having to face the Saints. I know the Packers um, are disrespected, and yes, I, I, I do think they're they're very worthy of being here. And I do think if Rogers has an insane Rogers game, they could win. But uh, the Niners uh, go on the flips on the you know their defense. You're facing a Packer offense where Devontae Adams. They're going to probably have a game plan that's going to really try to take yeah. him away. There's not as many options. Uh, in the passing game for Green Bay. So that's why I say Aaron Jones is going to have to really go off uh, for Green Bay to keep this one close. Well, and Aaron Rodgers did not have an Aaron Rodgers insane type of game the first meeting. Uh, he had 104 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, no the time. Yeah, and that's the thing is it's so weird because, you know, it was 37-8 was the final. Packers ran 70 plays in that game for 198 yards. And the Niners ran 45 plays for 339 yards. Um, so that's not going to get it done here. And, uh, you know, when you just – they just could not do anything well in that game. And uh, I think this is something where, like we said, it's it's one where they're certainly going to have to play a lot better uh, if they're going to win a game like this and just kind of knowing – you know what this team is capable of and George Kittle had a big game in that last one that last meeting between the two and we know he's been kind of dealing with an injury how does that affect some of the things uh but I, I don't know I'll take the chance here I'll go with the Packers like I said I, I feel like sometimes we just get those sort of mm-hmm. freak you know repeat type games rematches that go the completely opposite direction I don't think the Packers are going to win 37 to 8 or anything uh <laughs> but I we, we've seen that a lot sometimes especially once you get to the playoffs uh so it's very possible and uh I will take the Packers in uh what could be if they, uh, this works out for me Dylan uh we're gonna have a rematch of Super Bowl one how about that yes. we're gonna go all the way back <laughs> to Super Bowl one and uh, have the Chiefs and the Packers playing uh, for the title. If it's yours, we are going to have the Joe Montana Bowl because uh, (laughs) that is what it will be if the Chiefs and the 49ers meet up. Uh, So we will see uh, what happens there. But those are our picks, and uh, we're going to go with those and see uh, if I can finally get one right officially on the board here uh, in the playoffs and uh, see kind of how things unfold there in these two games, which should be uh, two really, really good games. So, uh, all right, that'll wrap it up. Uh, There are our picks uh, for the title games. Uh, Again, should be a lot of fun. And, Dylan, of course, we have a ton of coverage over clutch points uh, to get you ready for all these games. Uh, lots of great stuff going on over there. Let everybody know where they can find all of it. 
You can find all of our NFL content at clutchpoints.com under the NFL section. Tons of draft stuff, tons of offseason stuff now. For If you're not a fan of these four teams left, there's still plenty of content coming out. Any of the news that you know we talked about, all sorts of stuff. Uh, if you are a fan of these four teams, the last article, Chris Jones of the Chiefs, missing practice still, that would be big to get him back. But yeah, all of our NFL content there at clutchpoints.com. You can also download the Clutch Points app under the NFL section. You can follow along with the games um, live. you got the news sections there with all of our content that we write and everything else is there as well. Uh, ways to interact and uh, you know place your clutch points on the games as well for some prizes. So yeah, there's different things you can do there. We had a, more, a lot of subscribers come in over the weekend from the divisional round, so appreciate all the new subscribers and hopefully we can get some more here. And yeah, exciting times. Only three games left. It's kind of crazy. And then we got the, the long, the long offseason coming up, but it's uh, never uh, short of uh, storylines for us at least. Yep, uh, for sure, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, everybody continues to subscribe to everything because we do have a lot of great stuff going up over there, and we'll have a lot of fun stuff coming up here on the podcast uh, once we get to the offseason, but uh, we've still got a Super Bowl to go, and uh, we'll see which teams are playing in there uh, after this weekend's games. It uh, should be a lot of fun, so check all that out. Subscribe to the podcast, and we will talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast.